What is up, guys? And finally, we are kicking off this podcast called Everything Goes, where we're going to talk about everything in the sports world that happened today, uh, tomorrow, and so on, as we go every day or every other day to get this podcast rolling. A lot of things happened today, especially in the NBA. Uh, There's still some rumors out there about baseball and Harper and Machado, but we're going to kick things off first with the Sixers and what they're doing with that team. Uh, Will it pay off or is it going to be a mistake? That was good. Let's do it. You want to talk first or should I talk first? I just I, – I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Sixers as far as what they're doing. I, I think if they're in a win-now mode, it's a really, really good deal. Uh, but as far as the offseason, there's going to be a lot of unknowns. If, if uh, Harris and Butler both walk, the Sixers gave away so many things that, that it just destroyed this whole team. Um, no idea what's going to happen. It's going to eventually come down to uh, – a bunch of big-name players trying to score and trying to play together with just one ball. We're going to see how that works out. Sick. I like, I like, I personally, I liked the idea of getting Harris. Um, all you have is J.J. Redick. You know, come off the bench, you have to shoot threes. Embiid, um, you know, you got Harris, he's averaging 20 points a game. That's huge. You throw that in there with Simmons and Embiid and Redick. Um, I thought that was huge. You know, obviously, we gave up a lot. We gave up a ton. Yeah, Sarich. We gave, we gave up Covington. We gave up a lot of things that were going in the right direction and building this team up to where it was. And you're already seeing a little bit of uh, the headbutting already with, with ball playing, ball movement, uh, playing time, and scoring, and who wants to be the leader. And it, it could be a, a future problem down the road. It's funny. Would you even say it's trust the process anymore? No, I think that's gone. I think uh, the process is complete. I think this is their best shot this year at getting a championship. The pieces are there. Uh, they have the guys that can score, and even defensively with Harris and uh, and guys like that, and Buban. Buban's going to be a beast coming off the bench behind Embiid. And you could definitely tell that they're in the win now mode. I mean, you have Harris who's a one year rental. Um, they we have they say we have the money to resign them all. Uh, you know, the question is, will they resign them all? I mean, there was definitely tension midseason with Butler. You know, everyone blew that up, assuming that he was heated. Um, I don't know. Like, I like Harris. I feel like giving up Shamit, I liked Shamit. You know, as a rookie, averaging eight points a game. Um, I felt like he shot threes nice. They could have. It was nice to see finally the Sixers draft somebody in the first round, and he wasn't injured. Um, to see him shoot threes and actually drain them. And it was nice to see a rookie actually shine. Uh, so I, I was. That's the only thing that really, besides giving up so many draft picks, I mean, we gave them so much. I just, I hope it pays off. Yeah, but we did recoup some back after we got rid of Fultz. Well, we recouped some of those picks back. Um, I think getting rid of Fultz was a great move. Um, he hasn't produced. Uh, in the next two years, he's guaranteed almost $20 million, which it, it's ridiculous. Uh, you're paying a guy money, and that's the risk of drafting the first pick overall. He's going to get that big money, and for some reason, every time the Sixers draft in the top three, that player usually ends up hurt. Embiid was hurt, Simmons was hurt, uh, Zahiri Smith is hurt, and Marco Fultz. Uh, I think it was a great move. It freed up cap space. Now we'll have the money, hopefully possible, to um, give the max deal to a Harris and a Butler next year. It was, you know, 
trading faults is mixed feelings, definitely. You know, you get your first-round pick. I mean, because you gave two up for Harris. Um, I wanted to see Fultz succeed, obviously, you know, but he was. Oh, it's always something with him. Always something. Doctors always find something with him. Do I hope he succeeds in Dallas? Yeah, definitely. Um, was Jonathan Simmons a good, you know, trade for that and just one first-round pick? I don't think so. I mean, Jonathan Simmons, 41 games played this year, 6.9 points per game. I mean, you probably could have got two first, maybe a first-round pick and a second-round pick and just drafted better. Well, um, Fultz wasn't going to start even if he did come back. Harris is going to take that starting role. That, that starting five is going to be probably one of the best in the league now. Um, so Fultz would have been coming off the bench. And, and and as of right now, I but don't that, think... that wasn't a bad thing though. I mean, I mean, no. you, look, you look at our bench. Besides our starting five, you have to split these starting five up. There's not there's not many people making a lot of points off our bench. You know, even McConnell, who can obviously go for a layup and a great defense, but we don't have you know a JJ Reddick coming off the bench and draining threes. And I mean, that, how about Shaman? That was the great. That was a good thing about having Shaman. You know, he's he's coming off the bench and he was he was making points for us. I mean, you don't really have a lot of people off, off, coming off the bench. So I guess that is a good thing for the Jonathan Simmons. Yeah, but the thing is, is you got coming off the bench now, you're going to have Mike Scott, you have James Enos, you have Jonathan Simmons. You have guys that are going to come off and produce. Uh, you're not, they're not going to have to give you 20, 20 points a night. If you look at the stats now, we're winning, and majority of our points are coming from our big three. Um, you're, not, you're not getting more than – Eight, ten, maybe maybe twelve points at the most, and sometimes that's McConnell. But you're not getting big points off of our bench players anyway. Team's built now for a championship run. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of oh, definitely, questions definitely. that are going to be uh, on Elton Brand's hands at the end of the season if, if it was worth it or if it was not worth it. If he signs both of these guys back and they have no problems with them, this could be a great team for a while. Um, looking ahead, though, you're going to have Simmons that's going to need another contract. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Sixers went from having a lot of cap space uh, last year to uh, this year barely having any. I mean, they still have a lot of money to resign these players. You could definitely tell that they're trying to win it now. Um, the biggest talk this whole trade rumor was the Lakers and Pelicans. Obviously, the Lakers gave up a lot, but the Pelicans didn't accept anything. Do you have anything to... I, I really think uh, if LeBron is behind all of this with trading all those players, which he's denying now, but... Uh, I think that that Lakers team is a mess, and it's going to be tough to fix that. You saw that the other night when they lost by 42 points. Um, there was four open seats between LeBron and the rest of his teammates. Uh, there's definitely uh, some tension in that locker room, and I don't know if that can be fixed by Magic Johnson or not. Now, I would definitely say there's tension. I, would, I wouldn't say that their team's like falling apart or anything. Um, you know, as a Pelicans GM here, okay, you have Anthony Davis is a free agent next year. Clearly, doesn't want to be on your team. He's injured a lot. And you have the Lakers that just offered you Kuzma. Yeah, but they were asking they were asking too much. They wanted four first round draft picks. Um, it, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying as the GM of the Pelicans, okay, you have the Lakers that offer you Kuzma, Ball, Ingram, Beasley, and first round picks to go with that. And you have a guy who doesn't want to be on your team. Why not accept that? I mean, he clearly came out and said, "I don't want to be on this team next year. I want to trade." Probably because you're going to send him to a team where you're going to end up facing him four or five times a year. Where if you send them to the East, you'd only face them like twice a year. Uh, there's a lot of thought process behind that. Do you want to send them to, to a team that could potentially, uh, who knows next year, if they get like a Durant or they get somebody else to go there and they become the next big three. You, know, you don't want to help someone else win a championship like that. I'd rather send them to a, a team in the East that uh, that could use them, but it won't hurt you down the road. I get that. I get that. But like, you know, as a franchise that isn't doing too great, eh. 
I mean, he's a free agent next year. I mean, you end up getting nothing when you could have gotten four starters. You could have even traded one of those starters away, like Ball. Ball wanted to go to Phoenix. You could have traded to Phoenix for another first-round pick. You could have got a lot out of one guy, but now they have absolutely nothing. Well, there's a lot of those teams that are are, are getting rid of salaries. Uh, Houston dumped a lot today. Uh, I think Houston's problem is is they have nothing really to go uh, – Along with the the core player that they have there. Well, James Hart, <coughs> James Harden is is what's keeping them alive. You know, you have CP who's going to be coming back, and once he comes back, you know they'll be they'll be pretty set. He is keeping them alive, definitely with the points that he's making. You think that a team <coughs> like Houston they would have they would have picked up more players? I mean, right as of right now, they're sitting fifth in the in the playoff chase. Uh, that they would have picked up something, but they did definitely dump a lot of salary today. You know, since we're talking about the Sixers and you know the Philly area, I think we definitely need to talk about JT getting picked up. I mean, getting traded to the Phillies. Uh, Derek Jeter basically finishing, you know, destroying the Marlins and trying to rebuild that. Um, but for the Phillies, that's a huge improvement. Uh, I, I feel bad for Derek Jeter because he was uh, brought into a situation where there was a lot of bad contracts in the Marlins. I think he's a smart baseball mind, and things will turn around for the Marlins. Uh, but for the Phillies, I think this is a great deal. Uh, picking up... Uh, Ramudo and uh, a bunch of other guys that they've been making these small little moves. Uh, it, it, the Phillies are uh, another team that could be in a, a win-it-now uh, position. Um, and with this move like this and uh, Bryce Harper's love for JT and one of them with the Nationals, there's a good chance that uh, Harper could be the next one that falls into the Philly area. I mean, the Phillies were good last year. And then, you know, you had like, what, maybe a month left of the season. They dropped down. I mean, they were right there with the Braves. That division in general is, is going to be good. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you, you look back to last year's season where JT actually walked off against the Nationals and Bryce Harper said after the game, you know, like that's a catcher that we need on our team. Um, so they're saying, you know, this could be the gateway to let Harper in, which the Phillies can afford him. They have the money to do it. And, I mean, if they, get, if they get Harper, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, they added their bullpen. They got, great, they got Greg Robertson. Craig Robertson from the Yankees. David Robertson, my sorry, I'm sorry. David Robertson from the Yankees, which, you know, as a Yankees fan, I was sad to let go. They picked up Andrew McCutcheon, good veteran player. I didn't want to see him go either. I liked him a lot. They got Segura from Seattle, which was huge because they had J.P. Crawford, who was, like, I wouldn't say a bust, but did not live up to the hype. So you got a great shortstop who can hit. He, he can hit. He can hit homers for you. You got Hernandez at second base, who's got a great glove and a great contact bat. You got... Hos- Hopkins, what, is, what the heck is his name? Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins, I couldn't think of his name. Home run derby last year. You throw Harper in there, and you got JT, and you got good pitching still. I mean, that, that's scary. You know, The Braves yeah. got some competition, definitely. I think the Phillies definitely have a good chance you know, making the playoffs next year, definitely. Yeah, Segura playing shortstop for them, and you know, this, it's going to be a big change for the Phillies. I think they're going to be a powerful team, and I think that division, uh, you take them, the Braves, and the Marlins – not the Marlins, uh, them, the Braves, and uh, the Nationals, I meant to say. Uh, you can compare the that Nationals to easily that's, that's uh, crazy. Boston, Yankees, and that division there because you're going to have three good teams up there. Tampa Bay is going to be pretty decent again. And those divisions, they're, they're going to dominate baseball. They're going to be in the headlines. That's two tough divisions right there. and They're going to be good for a while. I mean, they're young. And I think the Phillies made a great move here. This is it's only a five point nine million dollar deal. It's a team friendly deal. Um it's a great move for them. And Real Motto, 
he's a great player. They were talking about uh, him possibly going to the Yankees for a, a direct swap for Sanchez, and I was getting excited. He had 21 home runs last year. He's a great defensive catcher, uh, way better than Sanchez. Sanchez, you know, I think he's more on the line of a DH uh, than a catcher. He's got a great arm, but his defensive skills are horrible as far as a catcher. That's actually a really good topic to talk about because um, there were trade talks about Sanchez. Not many people like his his defensive play. Um, I definitely, I don't know if I'd say JT's better than him. I mean, Sanchez, he's, he's a baby bomber, man. He gives us a lot of home runs. Well, the Yankees, they drafted another catcher, so I, I think the market is going to change as far as uh, Sanchez. I, I think he's going to end up being either being a DH or they're going to convert him into like maybe a first baseman or something but i i just think he's hurting the yankees at the catching position i don't i don't i, don't, I definitely don't think i'd want to get rid of sanchez i mean worst comes to worst point with dh i don't i he, he gives us a lot of home runs that's a big at bat um one thing i just literally saw now hunter pence signed a minor league deal with the rangers yeah, he's he's getting to the end of his career. That, that's sad, he's, though. You know, he's he's never been like a bad base. I mean, obviously injuries have hurt him, but like a minor league deal. Yeah, but a lot of times they sign you to a minor league deal just and they bring you training. with an invite yeah. to spring training. Um, you see the video going around of Harper taking BP, but video in the in the video, you know, his beard shaved, so everyone's you know freaking out, saying, "Yo, Yankees fans, like he's coming." Well, Steinbrenner's did come out today and say that the Yankees are not being cheap. Um, and the door is not completely closed on either Machado or Harper. I think the problem is is nobody wants to sign these players to a long-term deal anymore. I think the days of the 10-year contract are over. Um, I think those are bad contracts. It's it's too much money, and you're not. there's no guarantees. Um, my thing is, is about Harper, if you brought Harper to the Yankees, with him, Stanton, and Judge, you're talking almost 500 strikeouts right there in a season. So I actually I got the stats for you here. So you know Harper 26. He last year he batted 249. You know 34 home runs, 100 RBIs, on base percentage was 393. But he had 169 strikeouts. You know I love I love Harper personally. You know, but okay, you take three of the Yankees batters or even two. Aaron Judge last year 152 strikeouts. Stan 211. You know that th- out of three baseball players on your lineup, there you have 532 strikeouts. I think Harper would be a good fit with the Yankees. I really do. I just don't think for 10 years, 300 plus million is worth it. Uh, he is a power bat from the left side, something that we're lacking and we could use. We are a right-handed team. We only have a couple lefties. And uh, I, I think we really could use a bat like that for that side. Listen, um, I, I like Bryce Harper. Obviously, that's a huge left bat. He hits a lot of home runs. He's probably one of the better ball players out there, along with Mike Trout and a few others. Um, my biggest thing is a lot of people ask me too, like, would you like take Bryce Harper? I wouldn't personally. First of all, we have Stanton and Judge and Hicks. Okay, that's three guys. Now you have you think of our prospects. You have Flores down there in the Yankees. You have Clint Frazier who's trying to, you know, he's getting better with concussions. Um, you know, that takes away a lot. I mean, you, you sign Gardner to one year deal, and you're you still Ellsbury. I mean, add up all those outfielders, no one's ever going to play. Well, Ellsbury, that's a salary I'd try to dump. Um, I heard the Giants are trying to make. Giants him up. are interested in him. Gardner was a good good pickup to bring back. He he's never a, been bad for us. Never he bad took for a pay us. cut. Um, he, I think he, I don't think he's the Yankees starter for left field right now. I think you have to try to give it, get Clint Frazier or Estevan Florio a shot. Oh, definitely. Um, spring training's the chance to test those guys out. But I think Gardner, he can't. Be, he's not going to be your everyday 
Uh, and he's I, there for the veteran. Veteran, you know, he's a veteran. He's going to give the experience. They're definitely going to start Hicks in center. You're going to have Judge and left, Stanton right, or Stanton DHs. But Gardner's definitely going to play. But then there's your problem with Hicks. Hicks never stays healthy. I, I think that signing someone like a Harper would be – uh, it would be a good move because you can move guys around. You'd have flexibility in the outfield. You could also play him at first base if things don't work out with Bird. Um, a lot of flexibility with Harper. Again, the problem is, is these guys, uh, they do not, you know, they don't want to take the, the small deals. They want the big money. This is their shot. But I just think that the way things are going right now, and it's almost spring training. I mean, it's only five or so days away. These guys aren't signed. It's either they don't like the teams that are offering the money or they're waiting for these big teams to step in, like the Yankees, and offer them maybe a one- or a two-year deal. Um, a one-year deal worth $30 million is better than being committed to a 10-year deal. Um, what, I, what I don't get is, you know, you have free agents like, what's his face? Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Dallas Keuchel, okay? You know, he's sitting there, and no one's really reaching out to him. It, it comes down to money. Um, I think baseball's smartening up. I, I but think, there's a lot of teams that could use a starting pitcher, like the Yankees. Like instead of going after Bryce Harper, why not go to Dallas Keuchel? Yeah. Get a starting pitcher. Because on, on, baseball is a, is a huge business now, and these guys know that their their clock is ticking out. Uh, Keuchel, he's been around for a while. This might be his last shot at a big contract. Um, look at Kimbrell. Kimbrell wanted $100 million, and he only pitches one inning. It's a lot of money to throw at these guys, and I think that, that – that time is changing now where uh, you're not going to see the Stanton deals of 320 some million dollars for 10 years. It's just not going to work anymore. And I think baseball as, as owners get together and they talk about these things, I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about it where you're not going to, you're not going to see them budge and do this. It could wreck an organization. What Look team? at the Marlins. Um, the Padres, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, they're going after Mike Moustakis and they were trying to get Machado too. If they get that, that's huge. Yeah, a lot you of these got, teams, a lot of these those teams, they they have a lot of money, and uh, again, you, 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 I think these guys are, are looking at first, what is their, where's their best place they can go and win? Uh, two, can they get the long term deal? I think that's the biggest. The, they they want the money. Uh, I think Harper should have taken that that 300-some million-dollar deal that the Nationals offered him. I think that was a mistake to walk away from that. I, I mean, the Nationals got so many bet. pitchers, too. Like, why not go back? I mean, their starting pitcher is dominant. Yeah, but they're known to choke when it comes to October. I mean, but if you look at the Padres, the Padres have Eric Hosmer. They have Will Myers. If they get Manny Machado and Mike Bustani. First of all, the Pod, not the Padres, the, the Milwaukee Brewers, you can't let him go. I mean, you made it to the playoffs in the first time in forever. You have Christian Yelich out there. You have Ryan Braun. You have some really good players. You cannot let him walk. I just think baseball in general, the the owners are, are getting afraid of these bad contracts. I mean, Zach Granke, three years, $104 million on that deal that's left. Kyle Seeger, three years, $57 million. Um, Ian Kennedy, two years, $33 million. You used to have so many people asking for a lot of money, though, anymore. Like Pablo I, Sandoval, one year, $23 million, including a $5 million buyout. I mean, these deals are outrageous. Uh, I, I just I don't think that you're going to see the big 10-year deals anymore. for three. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't. No, I think it's bad for baseball. According to ESPN's top 10 bad contracts of all time, um, Baltimore's Chris Davis, four years, $92 million. I don't know what happened to him. His OPS went from 923 
all the way down to 539 over the past four seasons. He was barely batting 100 last year. He was so good. I, don't, I just don't understand what happened to him. Such a, and it's such a bad deal. I mean, even the Ellsbury deal. I mean, he made over $21 million last year and sat on the bench or it was injured. Well, I think they signed him that big deal because that was the year that he went off. But I, he got busted for steroids, didn't he? I don't know, but these are the deals that are, are scaring baseball owners, I believe. Well, I think yeah. when someone has a good year, you have to give it a year or two before you could just give them like a 10-year a contract. All right, um, before we conclude today, you know, the Patriots, they just beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Wait, real quick, a hockey update. The Flyers are going for nine in a row, and they're losing right now in the second quarter, one nothing. Pretty nice they get nine in a row. I mean, yeah, they were told they weren't going to make playoffs. That the GM was going to basically sell anybody, and I feel like that little spark in them. But they are losing to the Kings, who are in last place. You know, Hopefully, they could turn us around because they're only five points out. And I mean, a, anybody could be anybody. A yeah. week and a half ago, they were twelve points out, and they said they had no shot at the playoffs. So things are going great for the Flyers. That heart, man. It's a good goalie. Finally, have a good goalie. Finally, he's young too. But back to the Super Bowl. What do you think about the Patriots and the Rams? You know, obviously it was a you know close game the whole game. Anybody could have won at any moment, but you know. What, three points in the first think, half? I think Tom Brady, and I know a lot of people don't like him. He's uh, the GOAT. you got to give him that. I, I, absolutely. He never has help, and yet he wins, what was it, 10 years, I think they said in a row, he was in the NFC Championship, not AFC Championship game. He's 6-3 and three in the Super Bowl. That stat alone, he's been to more Super Bowls than any quarterback in the NFL history. Um, I, I think he's an automatic Hall of Famer. I mean, in the Super Bowl, there was 30 guys on the Patriots that have been to at least one Super Bowl. There was two. On the Rams. You have to give it up to the organization. Uh, they don't make oh, big moves. They don't have the, the flashy names on offense, and they're always there. I mean, even Edelman. You think Edelman, that's that's one of their bigger names. He's not even that flashy. I mean, he's a great receiver. Don't give me, don't, like, hands down. But, I mean, when you look at that game, you definitely see, you know, Brady had the experience because when golf had situations to win the game within, like, the last quarter, you could see, like, he kind of threw the ball downfield to Cooks and hope for the best. And it, you clearly saw, you know, interception, punt, punt. Like, it just wasn't working. I mean, he's good, too. I mean, they're going to be good. That coach is insanely good. They're yeah, they great sure. teams. They're, they're good. They're really good. And, you know what, everyone says Tom Brady cheated that one game. But, you know what? No one knows for sure. I mean, kids are doing school projects on it, but no one knows. And e- and even if you take that one game away, he still has been to eight other Great championships and, and, I mean, eight other Super Bowls. So many people hate seeing him in there, but it's, you know, I think that you can't – how can you hate on him? He wins. You know, if, if you hate seeing him in there, beat him. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think my Saints would have did a lot more damage than the Rams, and, uh, you know, they got cheaped out of a win there. So. The Saints, they uh, they got screwed yeah. again yeah. two years I mean, in a I row. I would say again. I mean, the second last one, you know, just bad tackling. Uh, that wasn't even a tackle. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because uh, the Cowboys, they didn't give Jason Garrett an extension, which I'm excited. Uh, I think it's time for him to move on. I think they should have cleaned house. I mean, I don't think – Kellen Moore, I mean, obviously, I mean – good quarterback in college but i don't think he's gonna be i don't know i feel like you get to see him. i mean i think that they should have cleaned house they should have got somebody they should have i mean your defense is great you keep that guy as your defense coordinator i mean your defense was one of the top five defenses yeah but we didn't show up against the rams i mean you guys didn't play bad Dak after that game yeah i think you you need you need to get a new coach that can you know help Dak improve as a quarterback I think the problem is, is Jason Garrett has his hands over all over everything, and that offense that Scott Linham was running wasn't the same offense that he ran over at Detroit, and it was totally changed. And I think that Jason Garrett, at the end, was the man that was running the show. Um, 
I mean, I, I feel like Jerry Jones has a lot to say, too. I mean, I feel like he tries to run that team, and I think you just need a coach in there who's not going to take it. Yeah, you, you need a Sean that, pa- you need a Sean Payton, you know. You that was that that's how it was in more of the nineties. It was Jerry Jones in charge of everything, but that has changed now. Yeah, since, times have changed. Since his son's taken over, and they have other people that are involved. Uh, Jerry has been taking a back seat uh, and not not getting involved as much. Uh, I'm sure he still has a say in it, uh, but his main decision making now is for whoever goes into the Ring of Honor in Dallas. What was awesome is you know Saquon, you know local kid that went to Whitehall with us, one rookie of the year. You know, congrats to him outstanding year that was awesome to witness Patrick Mahomes MVP you know I wanted Breeze to win but you know you got to give it to Mahomes wait over 50 touchdowns a rookie year no, I mean not your rookie year but your first starting year that's, a, that's insane that's awesome that stinks because he only played one game the previous year so it should have been his rookie year that, that, that was hands down impressive I and mean, you have to give it to him and they already have them as the favorite to go to the Super Bowl next year so it's going to be interesting uh, they just need a defense if they had the defense they had a couple years ago they would have been a lock for the Super Bowl because they were just amazing on offense yeah alright well this was our uh, you know, our first attempt at our first podcast I mean, yeah. we, we've yeah, lots we... to talk about and come in the future I mean this is our first time you know if you guys gotta let us know how it was if, we, if you want us to talk about more you know we'll talk about more it's a learning experience. It's going to get better with age. It's going to get better every day. Every time we do it, you know, there's more and more to talk about. Baseball's coming up, you know, the best sport around. It's going to be fun. You know? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So we'll see you guys on the next podcast with Everything Goes with TNK. And we hope you guys have a good one.